Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 157 of Games My Mom Found. And I am Mike Albertson. Who's committing genocide with me tonight? I screwed up on that. You just want to take that again? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. All right. Hi, I'm Dominic Chikoki. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome back. Hi, I'm Greg Stewart. (laughs) <laughs> okay. i was waiting for you to introduce yourself further and it's like oh wait it's my, it was my cue i can say from the great state of canada or how does he say it i should know yeah the great state yeah <laughs> yeah the great state of canada well you guys have states don't you kind of no we have provinces or provinces okay <laughs> gonna don't 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 you dare don't start talking <laughs> don't start. i don't know a lot about canada even though i know i there were times in 2016 i thought about moving up there like hmm, <laughs> i should yeah. move up there yeah no, no provinces. We have provinces. I really have thought about it multiple times. We're a nice place. We're a nice people. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about a game, Metroid yeah. Prime Federation Force. <laughs> I do want to cover that one day, actually. <clears throat> I've never played that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I I'm down. Do. All the weird Metroid spinoffs that happened during the DS and 3DS. <laughs> oh, um, first, Dominic, where can people find you at? Yeah, so you can find me on Dissonant Ways podcast on YouTube and YouTube. I'm also on the Overblood Facebook group. And Greg, where are people who can find you at and might know you from? You can find me from the Player One Podcast, playeronepodcast.com on Spotify and Facebook and YouTube and all those places that you find podcasts. Uh, and also Generation 16 on YouTube, where I talk about uh, the history of the Genesis. And we're here tonight to talk about a game that I had neglected to play, even though I had a sealed copy right next to me. Metroid Samus Returns came out in 2017 for the 3DS. I also had a copy I had neglected to play, so I was very <laughs> happy to crack that open. Wow, I I'm surprised. I was I had played this. I played through this back when it came out, which feels like it was a lot longer than 2017. But it was really great to pick it up and play it again because I had not touched it since I played through it the first time. As a 3DS apologist, I feel like this is my greatest like shame not actually playing it. You know what really reminded me? Because basically, I was an avid 3DS player right up until the Switch came out, and then it's like, well, I don't need. You know what I mean? Like. I don't need a portable Nintendo, <clears throat> excuse me, Nintendo system now because I have a portable Nintendo system in the Switch. And, and I was, so, yeah, I just, I hadn't, I hadn't turned on my 3DS in, well, probably four years. And there was two things that really struck me. One, the battery was still fully charged. Yes. <laughs> which was amazing. And two, I really miss playing games in 3D. Yeah. I loved it. I, yeah. I can't. I turn on the 3D and I just get upset and turn it off immediately. Oh, I love it. I love it. You see, for a while, I actually had my own blog where I chronicled the 3DS post-Switch release pretty much, 2018 to the very end. Oh, so cool. it was like, you people are missing out. You guys need to get back on this train. Come on. It's one of the f- systems that I have played very little for. Oh, I like, played so much 3DS. Persona Q2, fantastic game. Yokai Watch 3, <laughs> fantastic game. They deserved recognition. And it's just like, I just saw the writing on the wall when this game came out and everyone was like, but it's not on Switch. Yeah, I mean, that was my biggest uh, complaint about it when it came out is that I was excited that we were getting a 2D Metroid again for the first time since like, what, Fusion or Zero <laughs> Mission? or Yes. But like, I wanted it on a home console. So I was a little bit cranky about that, but I still played it because it was Metroid. So uh, Fusion was 2002. And Zero yeah. Mission was 2004. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot I mean, about Zero Mission. That's it's ridiculous. Game. It was over 10 years between those 2D that's games. That's a long time, but <clears throat> that's not that surprising with them. Like, they, they like to skip. Well, after 2010, when Metro Other M came out and it didn't do well, they just sat on this until oh, Federation Force. 
forgot about Mother M. Wow. Yeah. yeah so they, I think they'd was, like you to forget about Mother M. Yeah. We can call actually, you Mother M, I feel like. I couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, it was like, a, I forget, a couple weeks ago. I'm like, what's the other Metroid game? I could not think of it. I had to look it up, like Metroid Wii game. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just could not remember Other M. Yeah, I bounced off that pretty fast. <laughs> I still really want to play it again. But emulation. I own it. I bought it new. <laughs> like five bucks at Best Buy in, clear, in a deep clearance. So nice. I get rid of the shit. Yep, that's how it works. This game surprised me. Like, I had known a little bit about it going in. Like, I'd heard people talk about how hard it was beforehand. And yes, I, and that kind of like hit me right away. Like, this game, you know, at least in the beginning, is very much all about countering enemies or you're going to get murdered immediately. And I did not like that at first. Yeah, I remember that being the, the real complaint back then, I think, that I had with the game. I actually went back and tried to find, like, the episodes of the podcast where we were talking about this, and I honestly have not been successful in figuring out what episode I was talking about this game on. But, yeah, even even in the current, even playing through it currently, they really rely on the parry thing a little bit too much. Yeah. But, you know, because pretty much every encounter out in, you know, that's not a boss, is, is more or less waiting for the thing to, to attack yes. you. Plus at get, first, at least. Yeah, plus you get way more pickups that way, right? <laughs> I think I mean, the one thing cool. I heard about the game was like how hard it was to parry. It's not that It's bad. not hard. No, it's not. But that yeah. was like the one thing I heard about it. People were like, oh, I didn't know you had to do it all the time. But, and it's funny with uh, with the latest Metroid, with Metroid Dread coming out, I know I kept hearing a lot of... And as much as I liked this game the first time, I had zero memory of it for some reason. And <laughs> like, so when we were playing Metroid Dread, I kept hearing people saying, you know, thank God they didn't go so heavy on the parry. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. And then we picked this up. It's like, oh, wow, that's really pretty bad. It's like every single encounter. <laughs> here's here's the question. Did you parry Ridley? In this, I didn't. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I didn't finish it for the show. Oh, fair. <laughs> that's okay. I tried, but I didn't get there. I finished it three days ago. Nice. I finished it too, but I forgot when. I forgot to mark it. I, I posted about it. I was so proud of myself. because This is actually the first Metroid game I beat legit because every other one I cheat with save states. Oh, nice. But I, I couldn't because I couldn't get the ROM to work on three for 3DS because 3DS emulation is encrypted. So you have to do different things to get them to run, and I didn't want to care enough. So I just like, I'll just play the legit copy. <laughs> I figured, I mean, I just didn't want to open it because it was brand new. <laughs> sealed. Plus, I lose this game. I was scared. The second you drive it off the lot. I yes. was scared of this game. I, re- I really was. I had, like we, you know, I had heard it was so hard and I was nervous to play it. Like I had a, but it actually has a decent checkpoint system too. Like when you yes. die, if you do something, like if you beat a boss or you get to a boss fight, it will respawn you in the boss fight or right before it. So it was very nice about that to let me fight certain Metroids like 10, 20 times and not yes. c- care as much. Also elevators too. Oh yeah. And yeah, when you drop elevator. off DNA from the Metroids, it does too. Oh, that's yeah. nice. It's uh, that that struck me as well playing this, especially after coming off of Metroid Dread is um, they really give you the op- the opportunity to move around the map very freely in this game, yes. which I, I really like. It's one of the things I really didn't like about Dread. So I haven't played that yet, but I have played Metroid, too. After playing really? this, it made me want to go buy Dread, which I, I never buy games for full price. But it's Nintendo, <laughs> so I don't have a choice if I want it. But it, it really made me interested. I was like, this is really good. Yeah, I played Metroid 2 probably like three or four years ago now. Oh, the original? Yes. How how do you how did you like it? It was interesting. It it kind of suffers from not having a map. Yes. But absolutely. It's the weird thing too where like stuff just happens and it vaguely tells you kind of 
But it's usually it's just up to you to be like, oh, the map has changed. I can go in this new direction now. Uh, this whole screen is now different, and you just have to explore and figure that out. I feel Metroid Two really, and I never really got into Metroid Two. And I mean, I'm I'm old enough that you know I was at the right age for it, but um, when it came out, but. And I remember picking it up. I actually remember a buddy of mine having it. And I remember trying to play it because I was really into Game Boy. He and I were both really big Game Boy fans. And I just couldn't couldn't get into it. But it, I, I find it interesting to look back on it now because like Metroid 2 feels so similar to things like, like Castlevania 2 or Super Mario 2. I know that's a little bit of an oddball uh, comparison. <laughs> they or, like both Zelda, are. Yeah. or like Zelda 2 where they hadn't really codified what Metroid was. Yes. When that came out. So they were just sort of, it was just sort of branded as Metroid and, and they released it and it was okay. So it was kind of nice when they, you know, it was, I think that was the thing I really liked about this too, because being a big Metroid fan, I had absolutely skipped Metroid too, because I didn't like it at all. So having Samus Returns come out, it, it was almost like, oh, okay, now I get to experience Metroid too, but sort of reimagined as part of what has become the Metroid series. Because I, I, go ahead. I don't even consider this a remake, to be honest. Like you just said, I consider it a reimagining because it's it not, it's a completely different game. I mean, with different systems. I mean, yes, it follows the same story yeah. in quotations, but you're not playing this for the story. There's not much of one either. The only thing I would say is that this, like, Metroid 2 was more important to the Metroid formula than mm-hmm. the other ones you mentioned Castlevania 2, Mario 2. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it became a cornerstone of the. The lore, right? The lore, also like the Spider Ball get introduced in, Met- in Metroid Two, and like yeah. kind of the bulkier Samus that we kind of knew. Yes, yeah, good point. Well, the Spider Ball isn't even in any other games till like Metroid Prime, Which, and even then, you only yeah. use it in certain spots. Like that really surprised me in this game that how much the Spider Ball yes is reliant in this game. I it's love so Spider-Ball. good. <laughs> yeah, just opens up the world so much. It really does. Like, I mean, they do a good job of putting like gel on things where you can't go or making it that you can't use it in certain spots. Well, I was really surprised when I got it because I'm like, I'm not used to this. Like I played a lot of other Metroid games, but I just I never played. I never had Spider-Ball other than in Prime, which didn't really count. It was so different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was it was very for very specific spots in Prime. The thing I realize now playing this game is that like every Metroid is basically a Metroid randomizer and that the powers just kind of come <laughs> like in whatever order they feel like. Like this one, you just start with the morph ball and the missiles. Yeah. Like you don't have nice. to get them. And then it like gives you the spider ball really early on and it gives you like super missiles really late and power bombs really, really late <laughs> where it's like other games. It's like power bombs come halfway through or maybe in the first third. The uh the the thing that they they did add though in this version that were was great obviously was the different uh what are the powers I forget what the actual aeon powers aeon yes. powers thank you the aeon powers make all the difference in the world especially yes. especially the one that lets you scan everything it's like okay so you've you've really streamlined sort of a a, a major Metroid trope and I'm I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm down with this. this is oh, I, yes. I love the scan pulse. It was amazing yeah. to find. Like, I, when I, anytime I play a Metroidvania game, I always go and I print out a map that I find online mm-hmm. and then I laminate it and take it home. And I had one, but I didn't even use it in this game because I could just scan pulse everything and it worked out just fine. Yeah. That's also something because, like, Super Metroid, the X ray vision comes like one of the last things you get. Yeah, in Super Metroid, it's definitely more of a, like, if you're the kind of player that wants to go clean up before you finish the game. Right. Here you go. We're going to make that a little bit easier now that you're near the end. You know, this is just like first thing. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. I also feel you need the upgrades more in this game than you would in Super Metroid. 
Mm-hmm. This game, I mean, I did cheat in Super Metroid when I played it was the last time Rewind and Save Space the time before that, so I can't say completely, but this did feel harder. I feel like you took more damage in this game, even when you get the final suit, you're still taking a lot of damage when you get hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was a that seems to be a thing with uh with Mercury Steam because Dread is the exact same way. No. Like the the sort of incidental uh encounters you have sort of between major boss fights, they ratchet up like crazy and they dole out a lot of damage. So it's it I, I feel like that's sort of a Mercury Steam thing that that got introduced to the series. But like I, I just feel like their puzzles are like every every part of the game now feels like it could be a puzzle. Or I feel like in like fusion, for example, some of that stuff was like really segmented. So you know, you have like the main room, and then oh, if you bomb this wall, here's like a puzzle room. Where this is like no anything, anything could be anywhere. Yeah, well, fusion is very straightforward too. Yes, I mean this does a good job of making you feel like you're uh, you're in a planet and you're you know discovering old ruins because they're supposed to be old Chozo ruins, which are were adopted by the Chozos and all that stuff. But right. It does kind of feel like that. Like, it does a, a good job, I feel like, even more than how Super Metroid felt in a way that you are exploring ruins. Like, this game is also 2.5D graphics, which don't really do a whole lot. I mean, it's essentially a 2D side-scroller. It's just there's backgrounds that look cool. Yes. And also weirdly low FPS cutscenes and elevators. Yeah, and you know what? That's something else they carried over to Dread. I don't know the what low, the deal is with that. but it, low I, FPS thing? Yeah, because I was I hadn't remembered that that was a thing. But again, going back and playing it now, it's like, oh, they it, it was happening there, too. Anytime there's a teleporter or an elevator, it's just strangely low frame rate for some reason. Must be a stylistic thing. I guess. Guess. Yeah. But anyway, it's, it's a weird, <laughs> when, weird thing. One of the other things that they, they added is, like, besides the counter that we were talking about, you have, like, you can actually, you can stand still in this game and aim however you want because of the circle pad, which I like, but it would have been nice to use the D-pad sometimes instead of mm, a yeah. circle pad for more from the platform with a little, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they really, they use every button in this game. But, yes. <laughs> uh, you, you were talking about, you are talking about Fusion, and I will say that this is one of the things that I I, I like about this a lot is the the way that the map kind of expands and open up, opens up, it still gives you uh, the opportunity to sort of, like if you want from any point in the map, pretty much at any time in the game, you can pretty much go all the way back to your ship yes. if you want to, right? Which Fusion, I don't seem to remember being like that. It felt way more linear. It was, but when you opened up in Fusion, finally, you also had the opportunity to go between all of, like the different quadrant right. sectors. Yeah, this so, like, one feels more like super metroid to me in that respect like the the ability to because i i i forget exactly where i was in the game but i kind of hit a wall i got to a certain area where it was just like wow it's really tough in here actually i know where it was i don't remember the name of it but it's where you first encounter those turrets that are like sh- mm. almost like oh yeah turrets. Like area three or four yeah. yeah yeah and i was like well, am i supposed to be here yet because i don't feel like i'm powerful enough to be here so i ended up sort of taking that moment to go back and clean up a bunch of stuff that i'd had to skip because i didn't have the right powers on the way through and i ended up all the way back at at her ship because i had the spider ball so i could climb that whole area and see if there's anything interesting yes. you know and it just it really really struck me as feeling a lot like super metroid as opposed to fusion yeah, it does it did kind of try to like emulate super metroid in that in that way i can definitely like i mean there's so many freaking missiles in this game too that you don't yes. need because yeah. missiles are pretty much useless <laughs> Yes, which I love. I mean, I also didn't like it that you only get them in packs of three. I wanted my five packs like normal, like in Super Metroid. Right. Sure. Um, maybe that's how it was in the original game. I, I don't know. I never played I Metroid remember. 2. I 
Yeah, that's I, a very specific detail. Yeah, yeah, no idea. <laughs> I mean, I think this game takes from like the best of everything that came before. Like, it has the best use of like the, the what Prime did with like the beam and like visor switching with the Aeon stuff. I feel like. Yeah, it's a good point. Like it, it takes that mechanic, but then makes it so you're not relying on it so heavily. You're not just matching that tiny GameCube D-pad for like a million different things. Yep. I also, I, I didn't know how to use the Aeon abilities at first. It took me a while before I figured out I just press A. I don't know why, but my brain just, I, I, I had to go, I could not figure out what I was, I would just do it and I didn't know how I did it. But then as you think about free aim too, and like where does free aim come from? Free aim comes from, okay, I could do that in Prime. I could do that in Prime 3, the Prime Trilogy on Wii, where I could just aim the remote. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Never really thought about that. No, I didn't either. I mean, the, the game makes you use the free aim. I know when I played Fusion the first time, when I was cheating, I would have loved to have free aim, because <laughs> you had, for Fusion to hit the guy in one little spot, and I remember I couldn't do it in time, because my yes. controller wasn't very good, <laughs> so it wouldn't hold it right. So it isn't, the free aim was nice, the, and the game does a good job of making you have to use free aim, because there are a lot of points you have to hit an exact spot on an enemy. Yes, instead of just having to walk up to it to a certain length and hoping it works, you can just like sit down and just aim. I, I love too. you. You uh, combine that with when you finally get the ability to shoot through walls. Yes. And it just makes life so much easier, especially when you because that's when I find that's around the time you really start running into a lot of armored enemies. So being able to shoot them from below <laughs> just makes life so much better. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the story of this game, I think, is I know it's, you know, because they're following the old story, but like I thought it was kind of comical how it's like they sent, you know, the squad in to go to this planet, gets killed by the Metroids. And like, oh, we'll just send in one person, but because we're worried the pirates might use Metroids like they did in the first game, we're going to kill everything. Like, kill them all. Yes. Which, oh, that was genocide aside, I really like that structure. I think they retconned that into something so interesting. Like, that to me, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago at this point, but. Again, going back to when these games were new, you know, when they hadn't really, again, codified what Metroid was, or really built up the lore outside of, like, I mean, the first Metroid is great, and the Metroid char- the Metroid creatures were a great idea, mm-hmm. but then, like, Return of Samus just felt like, again, you know, well, it's Metroids, and it's a Game Boy game, and let's, do, let's have a very simple concept and go for it. And the way that they retconned that into what became not only Super Metroid, but then also Metroid Fusion where it had such long-lasting impact for such a throwaway idea in 1990. Mm-hmm. It, was just like, it was just brilliant. I mean, I, I love that they've been able to grow it from from what was really a nothing game, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 35 years ago. I, I would disagree that it's a nothing game. Like, it was a, it was a fine time. I, I had fun with it. Yeah, but it was for like, me, I guess. That's why I'm, sure. I guess that's why that's the impact it's had on me. But sure. Yeah. But I, I just like the idea of, like, okay, you have your very clear objective. There may be some boss battles, but you mostly your focus on just killing these Metroids. Like, that's it. That That is such a, like, a very clear and interesting premise to me, whether it's either version. Like, it, 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 it's a unique structure just because you're you're not expecting much else. So whenever anything else happens, it's more of a surprise. Because you're like, oh, 35 Metroids to go. Oh, what's this? A boss is happening that's not a Metroid? Okay. Yeah, those are some of the worst fights, though. Sure. But it was cool. Like, I, I did like the whole, like, the the way that you're hunting these Metroids in each area you go to. You have a gate that will, you know, say, okay, you got to kill four Metroids in this area before you can continue on. Like, I actually I actually like the way the map is also designed. Like, each, each area is kind of broken up. Yes. I thought that worked very well. And was, and, you know, just the way that they, and the way that they divvy up abilities other than power bombs, I liked how they did it. I just don't like that power bombs are so late in the game. They really are. They're. 
I think it's what area six or seven you get them. It's yes, it's way it's too when, late. And there's eight you, areas in the game when you beat the uh, the digger boss. Oh god, that that was a miserable fight. <laughs> that is the hardest fight. I am I am sure. Yeah, that's yeah. It's I, I think it's funny, I and mean, you guys not having played Metroid Dread, it would be interesting to it would have been interesting to hear your thoughts on what you're what you're playing here compared to Dread because. I, I, having gone back now and really, you know, comparing the two games personally, because I I'm not a big fan of Metroid Dread at all. And like it feels like the balance definitely tipped towards the things that Mercury Steam introduced to the series because this was their first Metroid game. Like the things that like those really difficult boss fights and things like that are more prevalent, I find, in Dread than they are here. <laughs> Which I'm intrigued by. Yeah, and I mean, if it's something that you like, then you're you're definitely getting more of that, right? But again, me not having really strong memories of this game, going back now and playing it and seeing that it's sort of this uh, this pivot point in the series to what brought us to Dread, it's like, ah, I really see sort of the seeds of what became Dread in this sure. game, which is really fascinating to me as sort of, a, you know, just to look back. I mean... I was lucky enough to be able to play Super Metroid for the first time on this podcast not too long ago. And the thing I found shocking about that game was how much of the bosses were very simple and very missile heavy and very just not that exciting. They were like the worst part of the game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like Fusion suffers from that a bit. The other games, except the Prime games, kind of suffer from the bosses being a little weak sometimes. And I feel like this is the game that finally understands how to make them more interesting and kind of utilize different aspects of your arsenal and environment and everything to make them more dynamic and fun and hard it's like, yeah. it's a, to be hard. It was just Ridley taking like 70 missiles before. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were is... damage sponges. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Sort of traditional boss types. And like you were mentioning earlier about the golem. I mean, the golem was much more of a puzzle boss too. Yes. He wasn't really like, he wasn't a, a sponge. You just had to know you had to wait until the right opening came and did the and then did the move that you had to do. And then, per, you know, keep going. And did I have to look up a guide for that? Yes. But that's <laughs> beside the point. Yeah, I, mean, well, I looked up a guide before I fought him just because I so I watched a speed run, which didn't help me because there's one point when he puts his arms down and after when they go inside of them, they like jump into them. And I tried doing that and didn't realize that there's that barrier. That I'm like, why can't I do this? I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah, because they just jump at the right angle and got in there where it didn't work for me. So, yeah, I mean, with 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 sort of creating those those points where you need to do things like that i mean you you're opening yourself up to a potential other issue where and again this is something i hit in dread all the time where it's like oh i missed my my moment and now i have to work back to toward you know what i mean like yeah it can it can turn boss fights into the sort of these endless cyclical ish problems where it's like if you can't get the timing down for that one particular thing you have to do at that very particular second Yes, and you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. So it's 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 definitely a choice. But uh, you know, if it works for people, then it's it's great. I mean, I think the morph ball uh, bombing of the of the golem is a very good example of that because it can be really janky sometimes. Right, because it's very precise. It so if you don't me, do it, it took me a lot of tries to beat him. I was so happy though; like I hadn't felt that like empowered in a while from a game when I like dark. I haven't felt that way since Dark Souls. I was gonna say that. I didn't know if we should say that because that's <laughs> such a. It's such a benign comparison at this point. I mean, yeah, Everything but it's also kind of like... Everything's the Dark Souls of something, yeah. <laughs> Zelda 2 is Dark Souls of Zelda. Before Dark Souls. You lose your experience, you drop what you... Ha- yeah, Dark Souls. And it's hard. 
hard as hell for no reason. But no, I mean, it just there aren't many games that give me that feeling. And this game did that. Yes. And that's and that's what it reminded me of. Like when I finally beat that golem, I felt so relieved and so happy after like 10, you know, 15 tries at trying to beat them. I mean, and there were a lot of time where bosses where if it went bad in the first like 20 seconds, I just let them kill me and start. Over. Yes, I did that, too. Because yeah. there were times when it would just go. I mean, it doesn't take many hits before you die, which I did not like. I'd yeah. be very curious if the, the try their um, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 3DS game as well. I don't think they made that game. Did they? Yeah, they did. They it, was yeah. Not, it was not amazing. But it's, it's probably not, kind of a pro type of this, in a way, I would think. Yeah. Did that come up before or after this one? Oh, that was like 2013, I want to say. Yeah. So I think that that was the, to me, it it really stands out that this feels, I, you can you can feel Nintendo's influence. Like, I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I mean, like any sort of second party Nintendo stuff, I feel like those, we were talking about Next Level as an example before we started and how, and I've heard this from other companies as well. Um, the people who made Metroid Prime, actually, Retro Studios. There were there were people who worked on that who said like Nintendo coming in and being development partners on something really helps you as a studio up your game and you kind of get a look at how Nintendo does things and it it makes you sort of a better studio right and I really feel like that is absolutely what happened because for me at least like Mercury Steam like uh, if you sort of look at their at their body of work for me it starts I think I don't know if there was a first game but it, it starts with Lords of Shadow on the PS2 and Xbox. Mm-hmm. Which, there's a couple games before that, but go ahead. Yeah, but that was sort of the one where I remember them being, you know, paying attention to them anyway. Yeah. And that was great. And then the sequel was not not great. And then there was the Game Boy Castlevania game, which I personally did not like in the least. And then there was this. And it's like, well, they really raised their level on sure. this game. And I think it has everything to do with, you know, Nintendo becoming a partner and sort of guiding them a little bit um i don't know if, if anyone who works there would say that but it it sort of <laughs> seems that way to me right so and then here we are with dread i mean one of the best games of the year you know it's it's winning game of the year awards all over the place so but yeah i, I felt like their their castlevania ds game or 3ds game was a bit of a low point and then to see sort of that nintendo injection Nintendo design philosophy ejection really changed the way they make games, I think. I mean, yeah, Next Level is a great example of that, too. Like you were saying, like, what did they do that wasn't Nintendo? NHL Hits Pro. Okay, sure. And then they did the Mario soccer games. And then they did Spider-Man Friend or Foe. They did that Wii Tom Clancy game. Yeah. You know, Uh, Ghost Recon, the the bad one. Nothing terrible, but you're not looking at them going, oh, my God, they're one of the greatest studios on the planet or anything like that. Right, but they're also doing Punch-Out. They're doing Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Right. At the same time, they yeah. did the Captain America game for 360. That's a good game. Oh yeah, right. I forgot about that. That's then, a really like, good game. But then on the inverse of that too, it's kind of funny that you have Federation Force going back to that of like this reviled game because it wasn't what Mercury Steam did. Yeah, I feel like again with Federation Force though has I think that has more to do with them slapping a Metroid license on something that that shouldn't have been. Right. You know, it, I don't know if Federation Force is a is a decent game on its own, but I think if you look at that game as a not Metroid game, is it an okay game? I've I never played play it. it. I didn't yes, play it. That's the problem. Right? <laughs> None of us have. But but because it was it had the Metroid name on it, you've got that sort of vitriol around. It's like, well, this isn't a real Metroid game. It doesn't deserve to be a Metroid game. So you know, I think the bigger problem with that game was putting that that name on it than anything else. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the weird thing of back when they started doing all those weird, different, expanded into Metroid ideas like pinball and hunters and all that stuff. Right. That was the apex of them doing like, here's Metroid Prime 1 and 2 and Fusion and Zero Mission. You know, there was that base to build on of like, okay, now they can get wild and crazy with it. And here they tried to do that, but before they released Samus Returns. And so people just were livid for n- I guess not a really good reason, but I guess I can understand it. Well, it would have been six years since Other M, and we got Metroid Prime Federation for so I'm sure that played a part in it. That too. And I mean, you know, we, we've we've learned, especially over the last five to ten years, how, how terrible fandom can be. Yes. You know, if it's not exactly what people want, then it's the worst thing in the world, and things just sort of escalate from there, so... <laughs> Well, this is a series that, you know, they tend, they, they, they'll tend to neglect every so often. Yeah. They just, like, when we went, you know, from 2010 to 2016, you get Federation Force, and 2017, you get Samus Returns, and then you don't get anything until 2021, Metroid Dread. Yeah. Because Samus just, Returns was not marketed super well and didn't sell amazingly. I think it sold okay, but... I really don't know. But yeah, Plus I mean, it, you kind of, I think you look at Nintendo's fortunes, too, in that time. I mean, they really struggled with the Wii U as well, and, and other M left a bad taste in everyone's mouth i think so yes you know but they do tend to let their franchises go dormant i mean you know speaking of someone who's been begging the universe for a new f-zero game now for <laughs> yes you know 20 years gx sir. is impossibly hard but a great yeah great game yeah is that the gamecube one yes yeah okay. that's the one sega did i own that i think somewhere never played yeah it it's so hard so hard yep i do own it <laughs> One thing also about this Metro game they did to make it harder to keep you from jumping around is the lava and the purple goo all do damage exponentially. Yes. So that way you can't go, which I didn't like because I tried to go like, okay, I'll just run this lava room real quick and just, you know, see if I can grab something quick and get out. Like, nope, no, you can't. It's purposely set up that way so you can't skip things. Like with the purple goo, I mean, they purposely did that so you can't, sure. you know, just yeah. go through it, get enough yeah, energy that, tank and just leave. That was their roadblock. Yeah. You know, which I, I was okay with because. At least they weren't locking everything behind you, too, right? Yes. That, that's something that Dread does that really drives me crazy. But in the, it was very refreshing to play this and see that they weren't doing that. Yeah, it was oh, kind, of a, kind of a weird, you know, it's like, oh, look, there's this purple goo that exists for no other reason except they don't want me to go there right now. But, uh, you know, that's okay because I've got the entire map behind me that I'm still checking anyway. So Yeah, it didn't bother me because I was always searching. I mean, like fighting the Metroids is is definitely enjoyable hunting the Metroid down in an area and trying to find them. And yes. I didn't like it when they run around and go in different rooms. I wasn't a fan of that, but it made sense from organic standpoint of like, right. you know, this is their home. They're going to move around. Makes sense. They're going to evolve too. So each, each set of fights has to get harder somehow. Right. And I think they do a good job of not having, of keeping them like you fight a bunch of the alpha Metroids, which are these small little things that shoot at you. And like they're not, they're very, they're easy, especially when you get the hang of it and you fight so many of them. And I forget what the next ones are called. The Gammas, I think. Are those the ones that run away? I oh, yeah, the ones the where you get into those series of rooms where they can like wiggle into the, yeah. I don't know what, they're not really holes. I don't know what you call it's, them. Right. Like the vegetation. Goo. Yeah. It looks like goo to me. Like, yeah. And they just, I hate that. They would run away. Yeah. That was a little bit irritating. And there's a couple you actually have to go in one room, spook it out, and then go to a different room to fight it. Well, I mean, you know, you got to, I guess you got to hand it to them, though, because, I mean, you've got, what, 49 of them, 50 of them or something sure, like that. something like that. I mean, they, you got to do something to mix it up. I mean, it was cool. And you have the ones that look like xenomorphs. Yeah. I did. I forget what they're called. I did like those, though. The only problem I had with them is I didn't know until I watched the video that when they're on the ceiling shooting at you, you can take your, there's a little red dot on their body. You can take your grappling hook and pull them down. 
Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, until right. I saw a video. That was super helpful. It helps a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't get a lot of openings for them. Like I also didn't learn until watching the video speedrun with the Gamma Metroid when they hover back and forth. If you charge up your ice beam and you shoot them, they'll drop down. And they'll always go to counter. And yeah. always go to attack you and counter them every time. Oh yeah, that's like the that's like the secret for actually both the first two types of Metroid really. Yeah, you just gotta counter them. Yeah, yeah. And the thing I learned from the guide when I'm reading the guide was about uh, parrying Ridley. You know, so there's always just stuff that you can just figure out that they don't tell you, but is there that I that I like. I like that. It does a good job of giving you enough time to parry, and it really like you know it. As long as you just aren't being impatient, like I would be sometimes, I get nervous and I hit the button too soon. Yes, uh, yes. So, I mean, sometimes I hit the button so soon I could hit it correctly when it finally came up because I would have waited. Oh God! A few times I get nervous. <laughs> it was. I mean, I also been sick while I was playing this game too, which kind of worked well because I was able to just lay in bed, grab my 3ds, and just play. Mm-hmm. So it worked out well. Yeah, I definitely started playing this in bed, which is not it's healthy, perfect. but <laughs> I think I think I did as well. I was really just sick, so it worked out well. Not COVID though, thankfully. 3ds. Hey, so, yeah, it's, that's a plus. Yeah, I, oh, I, I work in assisted living, so I could just get tested every day. I'm like, yeah, I'm having symptoms. All right, let's go test you. Yep, you're negative. All right, back to work. So it was nice. I didn't get sent home. I didn't like how the ice beam is not connected to, like, I like it more in Super Metroid and other Metroid games where the ice beam just complements your other beams. I didn't like it sure, how yeah. ice beam was its own beam. It did bother me a little bit. I had to switch to it. Yeah, a lot of this game is very precise like that. Yeah, which again, it, when you go play Dread, it's more like that. Like it, it, this is Dread is absolutely an evolution of this, and it's the same thing. Like precisely juggling your different weapons and abilities in an instant is sort of how the whole game works. So again, it was it was sort of an interesting. I agree with you that that it's you know it was a departure that I wasn't super fond of back when it happened, but it definitely you see where it goes. Okay, I mean it. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. I just. I just like it better in Super Metroid when your beam just gets better and yeah. better, not a different beam. Mm-hmm. And the one criticism I probably will levy at the game outright is that the 3DS is not the most comfortable of systems no. for really no. precise button pressing like that. Yeah, that's what I found too. Playing this is is uh, you know they use every button, and yes. after a while, I, I I was finding the same thing. It's like man, I'm just sort of I got to put this. Because the, the weight of the system and having to hold it steady, especially if you're playing in 3D, so you can't move around a lot, mm. you know, on top of having to control every button. And maybe this makes us just sound like really old men, but it, yeah, I find that it was pretty hard on the, the it, wrist. It hurt my hand a couple yeah, of times. Because I was playing on a 3DX, uh, 3DS XL, and there were a couple times where I had to stop because my hand Same. was cramping up. My hand hurt. Yep. Yes. Same here. So, yep. yeah, it could be old, but also I think it's just, well, one, the 3DS XL is huge. Mm-hmm. That sucker is not small. As I'm curious to try it on the Switch, because maybe that would work better. It definitely does. Plus, then you also have the option of just putting it on the television and using, like, a Pro Controller or something, right? Right. So, Unless you have a Switch Lite like me. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I mean, you'll have sort of the same issues, but the Switch is, is much bigger. I, I, although I think it doesn't Switch weigh less. I have no idea if it weighs less, but it doesn't the feel Switch like it weighs as much. easier to hold, because when I played yeah. Super Metroid, I didn't have problems where I felt like oh, my, my hand didn't cramp up and get get numb yeah. like it did with a 3ds yeah there's more more surface area it, it's it handles much better so there's a couple of games that mercury steam did before lords of shadow that are interesting call of jaraz or not call of jaraz clive barker's jericho i think is the main one they're known for yes and then american ah. mcgee scrapland so i've never even heard of oh wow i i've played that in the last couple of years i remember that getting a lot of good press when it came out the remastering apparently they oh. came out the last month 
Hmm. Oh, did it really? Okay. Yes. The, Never heard of that game. But I mean, I I loved Lord when the first Lord of Shadow came out. I thought it was fantastic. It's a great game. Yeah. Not I, it. It's uh, the second one was disappointing, but the first one was really good. Yeah. I also like Mirror of Fate too. I haven't played two yet. One day. I mean, that's another reason I was excited to play this game because I like Mercury. I like their other their previous games were so so it was interesting. It just I think a lot of it was I was just thrown off by the reviews when it came out. Because I don't like 3DS, or I didn't have a 3DS for a long time. <laughs> I didn't buy one until a friend of mine at work sold me one for like 100 bucks or 150 with a bunch of Pokemon games and stuff. Good deal. It was. I, I had. I just had no interest. I just wasn't. I had my Wii U, and I'm like, I just don't care. I don't like handhelds that much. So here's the thing. I would. So like, as someone who's very familiar with late stage 3DS up until the bitter end, I would argue that like, for, at least now the timeline is from this game on to the very end. The 3DS is some of the the best run of any system I've ever seen. It the 3DS is such an oddball, but so was the DS as far yes. as like. And you always, I always hand it to Nintendo for the way they handled both of those systems, because the DS, when it came out, I thought was just an absolute piece of garbage. It was <laughs> for uh, a while. It was yes, and, and they yeah, and then they turned it into this amazing little system. And then the 3DS, same thing. I was actually behind the 3DS 100 percent because I was all in on 3D video games anyway. I bought my, I bought a 3D television just so I could play 3D stuff on the PS3, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it just all about it and it's like well the ds was great it ended up being great so the 3ds is going to be great and then it, they had that awful sort of false launch on the thing yeah but again they handled it perfectly and came back to create again uh, one of the best handheld systems ever because the, the like late stage 3D, 3ds has the benefit that the ds didn't where the ds at the late stage was inundated by like licensed games and all oh, the yeah. kind of crap that you don't want to play <laughs> the late stage 3ds is just like rpgs it's like just games like game games yeah that you, that you just play like like the last dylan's rolling western game came out during that time you know you had just either metro or nintendo or atlas or whoever just making and releasing real ass games until the very end it, it was it was incredible didn't hurt that the whole that. dragon quest series ended up on there in some form or another too i am very disappointed we never got dragon quest 11 on 3ds yeah and in the states that was the one game i wanted to play really bad is that the online one? No, that's ten. Okay. Eleven on 3DS was like a older RPG styling. You had this option to switch between like the 3D, like the 3D polygons and the original. Oh yeah, now I know what you're talking about. I forgot eleven. Okay. Yeah. Dragon Quest the series I'm not up to date on as much yeah. as it should be. Another thing about this game, like with the Aeon abilities, you get four new ones, which are completely new to this game. You have the scan that we mentioned. You have lightning armor, which I really, really liked and used all the time. You have the burst shot I never really used, and you have the ability to slow down time, which I only use when the game made me for upgrades. You never used the burst shot? I used it all the time. I didn't like it because I have issues when I play games, and if I can use it for defense, I'm going to use it for defense instead because I'd rather give myself more health than do more damage. Oh, so you were saving energy. Okay. Yeah, I only use it. I understand. Because the way I would do a lot of the boss fights, especially later on when you start fighting the, God, the Metroids that are like freaking giant monsters that can just murder you and have the mm-hmm. cages over their weak spot like when i fought them i would use it only for health because i wanted extra health i wanted to be able to take the extra hits in case i messed up even though in theory yes i could do more damage and kill them faster but that's, my brain's like play safe that's interesting to hear because now that you're saying that i realized that i didn't use the aeon abilities against the metroids at all it really? never, it never even occurred to me to do it i just used to be everything the speedrunners use them the burst shot. Like you can actually take the burst shot. What the speedrunners do, 
and they switch off from from rockets or missiles to burst shot, missiles to burst shot, and they keep switching back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that's how they kill everything really fast as a speed run. I believe it. It I Absolutely. mean massacre bosses in I, no time if you do it that way. I don't know why it never occurred to me to do isn't that weird? I just yeah. never even I never even thought about it. Well, it's, it's a it's a item that you feel like you use for puzzles too. So maybe you know it's kind of like you're, I think you know, you're that's it. Yeah, you know, the, you know the real the real wild thing too is that you can like have different Aeon abilities happening at the same time. Yes. Well, that was to me was kind of one of the hardest things to wrap my head around because yeah, like they, and they tell you that right up front. It's like when you're switching, if you have one activated, you can switch to another one. Yeah, so but you can have the armor and the beam shot at the same time, and it's like yeah. you can unload and be safe for a little while. Yeah, but then you use more energy. Yeah, I I had a lot of issues with safety just because I would I died a lot in this game. Like early on, I didn't think I was even going to get through this game. I was getting massacred. And then I started. I learned. Yeah. And I got better and I stopped dying as much. That's why like the game. I mean, the game really did teach me, which, again, reminded me a lot of Dark Souls, where I was forced to learn how to play the game. I was forced to play better. I was forced to, you know, be more patient and not rush where a lot of yes. games I can just rush through and not have to worry about it even when I'm not cheating. Like Graffiti Kingdom. Yes, this was a game where I was forced to play, you know, it was forced to teach me. And that's why it really reminded me so much of of Dark Souls, which is, yeah, I think a valid comparison. Yeah, I'm not saying because of difficulty so much, just because the fact that it like, I mean, when I beat the Queen Metroid, which, again, that should be the final fight. I will stick to that. That should have been the end. That fight, I was having such a hard time with it. I didn't have all the E-tanks yet. I actually went and had to go get my uh, zero suit. Samus Amiibo, because when you put that on the, the 3DS, you get three reserve tanks. Wow, nice. <laughs> so I'm like, what? Well, that's useless for the first time for what it's made for, because <laughs> I never used it. I just looks cool on, on a desk. So I, I did that, and that that's the only way. I mean, when I beat the Queen Metroid, I beat it with 29 or 39 health was left. That's awesome. And I didn't think I was going to make it, because when, when you fight her, you go through all her motions, you go through like, different strategies, and in the end, you have to roll inside of her mouth and plant a power bomb, but you're getting hurt. And I ran out of Aeon because I didn't have my shield anymore. I'm like, oh shit, can I do this? I only have a hundred health. And I went in there and I, I think I would have been dead in another second, but luckily I got the bomb off the bomb. Oh, is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. You didn't do that when she's on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. I never did that. I just filled her up with super missiles. Oh, I thought you had to go inside her to kill her. No, that's what the speedrunners did. (laughs) Yeah. Don't go inside it because it hurts you every time you're in there, you get hurt. Yes. That's why I didn't do it. (laughs) How did you kill her, Greg, when you did before? Oh, I don't even remember. Okay, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're good. I know it's been a while. I just, but it hasn't. That's what really has me upset about the fact that I have no memory of this game. That really is, is that it hasn't actually been that long. Yeah. 2020 felt like forever. That's true. Yeah. That was a terrible yeah. year. It's true. 2021 wasn't that much. Wasn't, wasn't that no. much better. No, <laughs> at least yeah. in the States, we, we, um, we got to play the death star song at one point. So, you know, in, in 2021, so that helped in the beginning of the year. Nice. Death, yes, uh, happy new year, everybody. Hey, it was for me in 2021. <laughs> I was sitting there and cheering like an Ewok for some reason, you know. But so no, I, I get it. Like I, I feel like also this game can be kind of forgettable in a way too, because it doesn't really. I mean, plus you play Metroid Dread, which is probably it sounds like a lot like this. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is that, it, and that's obviously way more fresh. And um, like I said, I wasn't actually a big fan of it, so I've spent a lot of time and energy tearing it down. To be honest, <laughs> you know, in, in a world where most people adore it, so. Yeah. So not one of your games of the year. No, not at all. I actually, I actually, in our game of the year podcast uh, last week, I call it my biggest, biggest disappointment. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. That's not a lot of people say kind of, that's interesting to hear. Yeah. It's just, you know, 
well, it's funny because you guys are talking about Dark Souls, and, and it's clearly an experience you've both had, and I never have. I'm not a Dark Souls guy at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think that those of you who have are, are into games like Dark Souls, although it is kind of cliche to say it's the Dark Souls of Metroid, because <laughs> everything's the Dark Souls of something at this point. Mm-hmm. But it is actually very true. You know, it, it definitely leans way more in that direction. And and like I say, the things that we're talking about that, that Mercury Steam seems to have brought to the table they are way more prominent in in dread so if that's something that you like and if that's the kind of challenge you're looking for then dread is a fantastic game the thing the difference i think that is important is that something like dark souls has so many systems and ideas happening that like i don't know last year around this time uh, until like maybe like march or april i got really deep into dark souls on switch (laughs) and i had to put it down because of like work stuff and i'm like afraid to go back to it because i don't (laughs) think i could ever get back to that you <laughs> to that yeah. level unless i, I play it all over again i love dark souls but as I, I won't recommend it to people i tell i mean because when i played it it worked for me as i played it non-stop every day when i wasn't at work and i had time yeah. and then when i was at work or when i or when i'd be on break or something i would watch videos of what i was going to what i was going to do in the game everything i consumed was dark souls for like two months and that was the perfect way to experience it but it just happened to be everything just lined up right where right. i could do that me and my and wife it, work different shifts but it, this it, game sorry <laughs> no i was just going to say getting back to kind of talking about uh samus returns is not that it's that intense but it's kind of the same thing i can imagine getting like halfway through this game and then putting it down for a couple weeks and picking it back up again it would be really rough yes not maybe as bad as like dark souls but you know it's like because you've got so many things to manage at that point and so many things the game wants to you know wants you to be familiar with and ready to do and 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 again dread is exactly the same way because i actually did put it down for a while and then you pick it back up and it's like well i don't even remember half of the abilities that i have or how to trigger them or when when i should use them so this 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 game actually is very similar to that right like once you especially once you've unlocked all those aeon powers you know you you it, the game wants you to be using them yeah it doesn't doesn't yeah. want you to be reserving anything no, and it does a good job of giving you new Aeon stuff all the time, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. you counter an enemy, you get more Aeon. You kill an enemy, you get more Aeon. Like, it does a very good job of always giving you... Oh, it's so not that way you keep using it. Yes. Yeah. Like you're, supposed to, you're supposed to use Burst Beam all the time once you get it. I did not. But mm-hmm. you're supposed to. Like, if you watch Speedrunners and you watch the way that the game works, like, it encourages you to kill things that way. Because it yeah. kills things immediately without having to counter yes. anything. And you always you can keep getting enough of it too. Yeah, my my argument was going to be also that like I think I could pick this up again if I put if I had put it down like unlike Dark Souls, but that's that's different. That's another story. Yeah, it's a much well, yeah, lighter, the mechanics much, aren't much so challenging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's more of a harder game because you take like a lot of damage. Like I was watching one of the YouTube videos, and the guy said about once you get about seventy percent away through the game. You become much more power when you get the third suit mm-hmm. and you get the phaser beam and you get the you know the plasma cannon. You you get a lot stronger, but I still I never felt overpowered. Even at the end, I still like sometimes I would I had like all the max energy things, I'd be screwing around, I still almost get killed when I was messing around. Because the just, game you're never overpowered. The game is also just denser compared to fusion and something like that. Yeah. There's just so much more happening and so many more enemies ready to kill you. Like fusion, there's a lot of empty areas or just weak enemy areas you're constantly going back to. Right. Like it can be hard, but you never feel as quite as in danger all of the time. I, I well, one, I mean, the damage isn't as bad as fusion, which is nice. The damage in fusion that you take is ridiculous. <laughs> it's too much. 
in this game, it does get that way sometimes. Like, there are certain enemies. Like, there's a couple scenes. Well, this is not damage, but just reminded me of it. Where you get chased by the digger, where you can die instantly if you oh, get God, caught by his. Yes. Are, ta- are terrible. I did not. I died a bunch. At least the checkpoints are very friendly on that. Like, you finish a section yeah. at checkpoints. Yes. It'll make you do the whole three sections over and over again. Because I died so many times on that, too. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah, but it was brutal. it was cool that it existed, but I didn't like it. It's like a nice way to break things up a little bit, I think. Yeah, and it, it did that well. I mean, this game, I didn't really get, I didn't get bored of this game ever. Like, I, I mean, I actually went through the entire map right before I beat the game, after I beat the Queen Metro, and got all the energy tanks, tried to get all the Aeon tanks, tried to get as many missiles and super missiles as I could, just because, one, I wanted to keep playing, and two, I was scared of Ridley. But also, <laughs> there's also a really important power you get after the Queen Metroid. <laughs> yes, which I did not expect. No, it's my favorite part of the game. The baby Metroid joins you and the baby Metroid destroys certain blocks that you would see throughout the game. That you couldn't touch. Yes. And it's such really? a weird thing. Yeah, it's like that. all those green crystals. Only the baby Metroid can eat. Those. Oh, well, you know what? Because I, I am going to continue playing this after we're done recording. And now you've, you've just helped me not waste my time with those things. Yeah, you can't. You cannot break them. You ah. have to wait. You get the, Once you yeah. beat Queen Metroid, you get the baby Metroid that follows you around and then he'll eat those. Which is I think, a really great adaptation of that idea into something more gameplay focused. Yeah. Well, yeah. also the whole final, like once you beat the Queen Metroid and you're running around the game with the ability with like, like you you made this comment off the air, uh, Dominic, where you said like, mm-hmm. this is one of the few games where you get this, you really get to use a screw attack and space jump. Like you can just yes. explore everything. And it was nice for a change. It wasn't like just the end of the game. You get a screw attack. Right. Right. That, that's something I really enjoyed was like just being able to go through the game and just have being able to just constantly use it. And I don't know, like <laughs> there's something that is just really nice about having like the baby Metroid be the final thing because it makes sense. since like in the story, Whereas I, like, I feel like Metroid tends to just have a random power up. Kind of what I was saying earlier. It's a, it's, a, it's a randomizer. Whatever's last is last. Usually it's a screw attack. Yeah. Right. But there's no reason for it to be there. I, I did like it when the game does the fuck you moment near the end before you fight the Metroid queen, where all of a sudden your counter goes from one Metroid to 10 Metroids. Yes. <laughs> and those were not nice Metroids. You're like, I, I fought a lot of Metroids because I played a lot of Metroid games. This was some of the hardest ones I fought where if you don't charge up your ice beam and hit them, you are not going to hurt them and they are going to murder you. Oh, I just shot them with the regular ice beam and just missiled them in the in between. Oh, shots. I, I couldn't get it. I, I shot him and I wasn't I had to I had to charge it to kill him easy. If you super missile them between shots, it, 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 it's a one shot if if you froze if you freeze them. Okay. I guess I just wasn't that fast at hitting buttons. <laughs> I didn't think about that. But I had a hard time with them. They weren't as easy as they were in Super Metroid. Yeah. I thought they were easiest in Super Metroid either. No, but they're easier. I could just shoot them with the beam and they were frozen. Sure. I didn't have to charge my beam because I don't like charging my beam in general. Oh, really? Metroid. Yeah, I just don't. I like to shoot fast. I don't like that charge. And this game made me charge a lot. I also yeah, actually I mean, that was like missiles. the only way to fight Metroids I, I found. But anyway, you're supposed to. But yeah. <laughs> in Super Metroid, you can skip it by freezing them with just a regular beam. I think maybe I'm remembering wrong. I don't know. It's been a while since I played that. It's only been a couple months for me. It wasn't that long ago we went back to it. But I can't. I just released the episode like a week ago, but I can't remember <laughs> what I said or what I did or anything. But <laughs> I still play a lot of games. Yeah, playing two Metroid games back to back like this was really interesting. You played one of the best too. I was gonna say, and you're, you, if you're playing those two back to back, it's definitely interesting because you, again, you're seeing an evolution there. This is definitely moving. This game moved the series to what it is now. They also, which do I'd it, forgotten until I played it again mm-hmm. for the show. 
they do a good job. Like anytime you get to a missile room, missile rooms always lead to a power up too, which I didn't realize. Like anytime as a red bear, you're going to get a power up in that room. Yes. Or watch the, oh, really? watch the digger take it away from you. I, I did not realize. I that. didn't. Speedrunner told me. Ah. <laughs> That's why I watch uh, Austin games done quick. A lot of times before I do something, cause they have so much information. They talk about a game That's that true. is good to know. That's true. Yeah. They do always tell you like, and here's the reason I know this. It's like, Oh my God, why didn't I know that? And I, I do love the counters when you counter a Metroid or a boss, like, and you have that whole little scene of her fighting them. Like, I love that. And you just keep shooting them. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. So Greg, one of my favorites. Greg, I'm curious, what are your top uh, Metroid games? Uh, I mean, Super Metroid is, is number one for sure. Mm-hmm. A big fan of Metroid Prime, the first Metroid Prime as well. But I mean, you know, other than that, it, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, but, but those two are the top two for me. I ended up liking this way more than I thought I did. I, the fact that I had almost no memory of it made me think that I didn't, maybe I just didn't really like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not the case. I mean, I'm really enjoying it, but otherwise I, I would, I would have trouble ranking them. I mean, I have fond memories of fusion, but I think mm-hmm. mostly because it was a 2d Metroid and, and it was sort of in the afterglow of prime as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, cause we were, we went, for a long time without a metroid game i mean what prime was like 94 or sorry super metroid was 94 mm-hmm. and then prime was 2003 two. two okay so you know i mean we'd gone that long anyway and then for fusion to come out at the same time pretty much she's like okay i was just ready to to play metroid games but then <laughs> after that i it kind of was such a weird fluctuating quality mm-hmm. curve you know, like Echoes wasn't great. Prime Three, I never got into. Prime Three is such a shallow game. Yeah, Zero Mission, I really liked a lot, but you know, again, that had a lot to do with the nostalgia of playing the original Metroid when I was a kid. Zero Mission's still really good, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted some perspective on that, only because you know I grew up with Fusion, and like I said, I only played Super Metroid recently for the first time as someone yeah. who's played most of these games and now but not ever getting to that one really and so like for me super metroid is like probably like number five or something Hmm. and that it's like a it it feels like a prototype of what came later oh absolutely yeah i mean that makes that makes perfect sense i mean so many ranked lists have everything to do with you know what you experienced at a certain age that's a i don't know if it was on this show or, or another show that i was on but somebody made really good point once that's always stuck with me and it's somebody else's point but they applied it to video games mm-hmm. whereas like the golden age of anything is is from the time you were let's say 12 to like 17 you know what i mean yep that's yeah, your golden that. age right like sure. and, and I, it's absolutely true because again like i would hold up something like super metroid and most I, I, a lot of the gamers of my generation, you know, when when I worked at EGM and we did a top 100 list while I was there, we all unanimously picked Super Metroid as the greatest game of all time, right? But that was because we were very, we were all very similar ages when it came out. You know, we were all in our late teens when it came out, or our mid-teens when it came out. So it was just sort of the perfect time for that game to be. And it is an amazing game, but it, it doesn't surprise me in the least to hear somebody who didn't experience it when it first came in or didn't experience it at sort of that age mm-hmm. to not consider it the best game in the series. Right. And I guess, and I guess that makes sense why 2011 is like this year. I have a lot of affection for because that's when I turned 17, you know? There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's definitely the way that I look at all that stuff, but it was just, you know, uh, super Metroid was great because again, it, it felt like such a perfect evolution of the original Metroid. I, I bounced off Metroid too. 
but the original Metroid, a friend and I played through the whole thing. And I mean, that was back when, you know, we were making maps on graph paper because yes. there was no map system in that game whatsoever and no save, save states or save files or anything like that, right? So, you know, to get Super Metroid, which basically took all the best pieces of the first game, gave you a map on top of it. Plus, it was on Super Nintendo, so it looked and sounded amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely stuck with me. But again, I was, you know, I was uh, 17 or 18 when it came out, so... But I, I mean, but I mean, music. sure. But I guess what I'm what I'm gonna say then is that with Fusion and Zero Mission, I always felt like there was more they could do. I always felt like those were games were great. I really like those games. Those are in my top five as well. But I think this is the game that finally was like, no, this is what more could be. Yeah, which I think makes perfect sense. And and playing this now. And the discussion that uh, that we've been having on our show about Dread, and I've said this multiple times, is Dread is a great game. It's a fantastic game. It deserves all the accolades it gets. But for me personally, as as a you know a forty five year old person who's been gaming since the early eighties, sure, I feel left behind by it. Whereas this series has absolutely evolved to appeal to a younger audience that has a different, that grew up with different sensibilities, a different baseline of what these games are. You know what I mean? Like my baseline for the Metroid series is Metroid. And, you know, whereas if you're someone who, like you're saying, especially where you're, you're, you have a lot of nostalgia for like 2010, 2011, around there, the sensibility is completely different. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it absolutely makes sense that Metroid means different things to different age groups, for sure. I mean, maybe not, I'm not the best example, because I did grow up with Fusion. I feel like Fusion is already also part of a bygone era. Yeah. It, well, it was. It was a throwback to... It was absolutely a throwback to the, the early 90s. Right. When it was made, I think it was made to be that. Just like I think Zero Mission was made to be, you know, hey, what if Metroid was Super Metroid, you know? <laughs> yes. That's, that's really all it was. I still, so I think it's fair to say Zero. that they were limited. Zero Mission is my favorite. By far. Yeah. yeah. Only Super Metroid was on GBA. I would have played. There's ROM hacks of that if you want to find out. <laughs> but I just love Zero Mission a lot. I feel like that's a the challenge, the difficult, the the way that that game does things, the way the health. I, I like it much better than any other one. But it's 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 absolutely a you know, I think it's a very fair thing to say that they're limited because they were meant to be they were meant those games were meant to feel nostalgic while still bolting on some more modern gaming sensibility to it. Right. Like this uh, game does it, you know, you can, you know, it is really definitely built for a different era. You're not, you can feel that. Like same. Yeah. I'm really interested now to try Dread after playing this. So am I. And after this conversation. I'm interested to hear you guys talk about it. <laughs> it's coming. I'll probably, I'll probably put it on <laughs> the show coming up here in a season or two. Yeah, we'll do it this year probably, I guess. <laughs> yeah, probably late this year, yeah. I don't have a Metro game next season just because I need a break. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Metroid games lately. I'm just like, yeah, that's enough. Oh, uh, only two other things I really I, we haven't really addressed on yet. One, I want to talk about the Ridley fight. I feel like the Ridley fight, which isn't which isn't in the original, shouldn't be in this game. I didn't like it that it's here. It bothered me. It just felt tacked on and unnecessary. Sure, Ridley Ridley always feels like they're uh, I don't know. There's this weird thing with Nintendo and having Ridley and Metroid games. It's it feels like it's some sort of cash cow for them. I don't know. I don't. I have a better way to describe it, but it's it feels like they shoehorn Ridley into every Metroid game. Yeah, they need and, to make fetch happen. Yeah, yeah. And it just was on because he because it's the very end. I mean, it kind of tricks you. Like you get the baby Metroid, you head back to your ship, and when you get to your ship, 
the Ridley fight starts. I wouldn't even had I didn't even know it was in this game until I was watching the speaker. I'm like, what? There's another boss, and I was really surprised. So I came. I was terrified of Ridley. Like I went and got all the E tanks, all the Aeon gauge, but one that I couldn't figure out how to get. All yeah. the many super missiles that I could get that weren't too much trouble. I went and tried to get everything because I was scared of the fight. Right now, here's the question: Does the Ridley fight then bolster what happens at the end of Super Metroid, or does it weaken it? I would say it weakens it because it's like she, well, more more than Guinea Super Metroid because she just fought him, kill, beats his ass, and then fights him again. You know, not that long later. Right. More, more because what I'm talking about is at the end of Super Metroid, the thing with the baby coming in to help you, oh. and like sacrificing itself was such an iconic moment for a lot of people, especially if you didn't know going into it. I would say it kind of weakens that because the baby already defended her once before. Right. right. It's like at the end of the game here, the baby is just doing that repeatedly to Ridley, which I I could see an argument for it being like, oh, you're kind of establishing the power, and then the baby, of course, is going to use the power again. But yeah. yeah. For savvy like people, I feel like it does cheapen that moment a little bit. Yeah, it just it just felt so unnecessary that he was there, and I just didn't like it. I mean, I beat him on my first try, which I was really proud of. What? I, I, I had 100 health. <laughs> but I did watch speedrun videos. I watched guides of what to do the same way I, I would confront a Dark Souls boss, where I would watch how people do it, what people do, what works, what doesn't work. So when I went into it, I wasn't blind. I just... And I had... All the energy tanks, plus I had the three reserve tanks, and I had a full, almost a full Aeon gauge, which I used for health. So, wow, I took a lot of hits. I just could take a lot of hits, and I still barely, and I still beat him with like I had less than hundred health when he when I when he finally went down. It's a fucking long fight too. Yes, <laughs> it's like a five minute fight, and I don't like games that have really long boss fights like that. Like I don't like where you're just going back and forth, just trading blows, just waiting for the special opening. I don't like that. With concrete, like different phases too. Yeah, yeah it, it bothered. And that that's get ready if you're gonna play Metroid Dread, get ready for that because that's what the bosses are in Metroid Dread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that's it's uh, I, I, somebody on our Discord mentioned that um, at, in, in a conversation we were having, and I had forgotten about that in this game where it's like you know I could see people not being excited about basically having every boss fight be like that Ridley boss fight, but that's really what they start to feel like in Dread. It does sound daunting. It is. It's the Dark Souls of Metroid. I don't know if you heard, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> I am really excited to play Dread though. Now, like the, I just, I'm getting more and more excited to play it. I know very little about it. It's I'm a good to, game. It's gonna happen. I mean, this game did get me a lot more excited for it though. Maybe we should play Scrapland sometime too. I didn't even know that existed until just now. <laughs> I mean, it's probably better than Bad Day LA. I don't Bad know what that is. LA. Oh, the, and um, the what do you guys think of the music? I didn't really listen to the music because I played this game mostly music. <laughs> It's you know what that I would say is probably my least favorite part of this game and not because the music that's there is bad because there's there's especially when you get into like the fire areas and was it Norfair I think or I think that's the name of the original fire area in the first game like there's what music is there is sort of throwback to the old games which I love yeah. right like the the fiery areas are very much I think they were throwback to Super Metroid. And I want to say that when you start playing that, that that tune that's there is actually from Metroid 2. And there's um, also some prime in there and like the instrumentation, I feel like. Right. Like, that's all great, but there's not much of it. And there's a lot of I found there were a lot of long stretches of the game where I didn't even notice the music. And in Metroid games, music for me anyway, the Metroid games leading up to this have always been such a big part of the game is, is, the, is the soundtrack. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit disappointing, I, I have to say. 
Okay. I just don't like. I played a little bit with the music on, but I usually would. I put a podcast on. Right. That's how I like to play my games. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird not having an opinion on the Metroid music or sound design, really, especially after Super Metroid is most important at this point because of how atmospheric it is. Yeah, absolutely. but I, at least I don't hate it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I shouldn't say that it's not bad. The, the, the music, the composition is not bad. It's actually what music is there. I really like a lot. But it's just not a prominent part of the game. And it I just relies. It. Yeah, it just relies on what's there. Yeah. Like what's already been done. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We'd love to see more new themes at some point. Yeah, that fit the that fit the overall feel of the you know, the overall tone of the series. You know, and, and that's something that I feel like Dread kind of did the same thing. They they definitely still went more the route of it's just not a prominent. The, the sound design is good, but the music is not a prominent part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like the thing I remember most is the Perry sound. Yeah, you hear it enough. Oof. That <laughs> and the that and the the uh, the tone when there's when you use this the pulse scan and there's something that you can blow up or destroy. My kids were would hear me like they couldn't see me playing. Obviously, they could only hear it. And my daughter, especially, she's like, "What?" Is that dinging noise? <laughs> like, Daddy has to go blow up a brick because Dread has the counter system again too a lot, right? Yeah, but it's it's cooled down a lot. You still okay. have to use it, but you don't use it nearly as much as you do in this game. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but you use it more on the bosses. That's that's fine. I didn't mind in the boss. I liked it in the boss fight. I just didn't like it on every single bat I would see. That right. was annoying. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, to the point where you, in this game, right, it's like, well, I'm not even going to try to shoot you because I know you're going to charge yeah. me before I kill you, so what's the point? There was, yeah, there was no point. You just waited until they, and then you just did it. Yeah. But that's I, that's the sound, too, that should be in Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any last things you want to say before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? Uh, well, should I, should I drop it here, or should I wait? Drop what? I forgot what. No, I think this is my favorite Metroid game. Oh, Really? It. Yeah, maybe. I, I think so. We'll see. Now I really want to hear what you think of Dread when you play it. I guess I feel next like year we know what we're doing. Yeah, I feel like if this is your <laughs> favorite, then you're, there's a high high probability you're going to love Dread. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I did get a bunch of comments. I'm going to read some of them. First, from the I watched the entire Overlord Super Replay from Eric Hunt, friend of the show, also has his own podcast, No Magic Fantasy, which I was on. Uh, he wrote, I believe Samus Returns was the first Metroid game that I finished. I remember really loving it, and it paved the way for what Metroid, Dro- Metroid Dread became. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I assume uh, from, so. From the Metroid group. Uh, let's see. First one from Robert PG. When I saw the trailer, I jumped up in excitement. I knew it would be good, which is which it was, though. It did drag in some spots, and the chase spots on the robot were infuriatingly difficult. But the last That last secret boss fight was such a surprise, and all I can say is the title meant it. Samus has indeed returned. Okay. Yes, for sure. And from Isaacin, because I can't pronounce the rest of his name. Uh, before this game was announced, I honestly thought Metroid had joined Star Fox and F-Zero as a dead Nintendo franchise. So not only getting a genuine Metroid, Metroidvania, after whatever the heck Federation Force was spo- supposed to be, was such an unexpected joy. Yeah, that I agree with that 100%. They, they, they really lost their way with the Metroid franchise, I think, after Prime and, and Zero Mission. So, so this is nice saying... But this is saying that they they need to find the right external developer to do Star Fox. Absolutely. Well, Zero would be good if you just get rid of those terrible controls. Hey, Switch Edition, let's do it. Zero why didn't they just game. Why didn't they just hire whatever company developed Starlink and just have them make a Star Fox game? Well, that's Ubisoft. Yeah, 
Well, I don't know who developed it. I don't know if you saw uh, Let's look. I bought Starlink <laughs> actually on, on Steam sale. I'm I'm staring at I bought them I bought them super cheap like that's I have my Star Fox edition sitting right. Oh, I have mine too. It. I yeah. I kick myself. I saw it for cheap. I didn't have a switch, so I didn't buy it, and I regret it because I want that damn oh. art. <laughs> yeah, that's the only it's, reason I bought it. It's Ubisoft Toronto. So Is it okay? Be, yeah, and then uh, Virtuous did the switch port. There you go. Sign up for Star Fox. Yeah. Full Star Fox game. I'm actually gonna. Speaking of Star Fox, I'm playing Dino Venture later this year. Ooh, Dinosaur Planet. Time. That's something. Ooh, Dinosaur Planet's interesting. Oh, yeah, never, do I want to be on that one too? Interesting Damn. as a word. I've never played it. So I grew it's... I grew up with that game. I'm excited <laughs> to finally play it. I we'll remember the discourse uh, about that game. It was legendary as a child. I have a friend who is not a Nintendo gamer at all and not like so he has no real nostalgia for especially sixteen bit Nintendo because he was Genesis all the way at that point. So he's not a Star Fox fan. But when how did it work? <laughs> When Sega got out of consoles, he blamed Sony for that. So he bought an Xbox because he hated Sony. And again, uh, yeah. he, no, I shouldn't say that. He bought a GameCube yes. because he hated Sony. Fan and so, yeah. So, which is funny because now he plays nothing but PlayStation. But <laughs> so in my, I, I do a extra life stream, 24 hour extra life stream every, every year. And this past year, I, uh, one of the games on there was Star Fox Adventures, Dino Planet. And he was coming over to sort of help me out. And he's like, oh, I'm going to come over during the Star Fox Adventure uh, segment because I loved that game. And I was like, really? You you loved that game? Okay. And we played it for an hour. And by about half hour in, he's like, this is terrible. Why did I like this? Like, it's really bad. Oh, I don't know about it being really bad. Oh, uh, how long has it been since you played it? It's been a few years. I probably last touched it maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I, it was just a funny transition because he was so excited that we were playing it and then played it for like, you know, like I said, yeah. about a half hour, 45 minutes in. He's just like, man, I can't even fathom how I played through this. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I think there were far worse games from that time. Sonic Adventure. Oh, there were for sure. And it wasn't so much the mechanics as much as it's just sort of peak rare. Here's a million things to collect. <laughs> And that's what that's what we were both mostly oh. getting irritated about, right? It's you'll like, you'll probably enjoy this. Um, when I was like five, my first console was N sixty four. Donkey Kong Country sixty four. No. Oh. My first two games were Pokemon Stadium, which was the pack in game, and Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> I knew I did not understand what I was doing in that game. Rare. I, uh, I cannot play that game to this day because my mind just goes blank. Rare was never more more rare than they were with the N sixty four. Like they were just in peak form, and I don't mean that in a good way. But anyway, <laughs> uh, all right. And then last one from this group. I have a couple there still. Uh, from David Hunt. It was a game we needed. It restored our faith in Nintendo and brought new faith in a new developer for the series. While it may now be seen as more of a stepping stone to dread, the excitement at the time was through the roof, and the game seemed very constrained by the 3DS hardware. I kind of hope we get an updated Switch port at some point, a Samus Return DX, if you will. I'd play that. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. I'd also play like a if like they tease fusion at the end of this game. I love to see them tackle fusion for real. I mean, there's a fusion yeah, suit yeah. you can get in this game if you have the ami- one of the amiibos. Well, that was the story too, is that they were originally pitching a fusion remake, and then they're like, "No, nah, how about Metroid 2? Oh yeah. I wonder now because Metroid Dread did really well, right? Oh yeah, uh, and even in Japan, which they were, I don't think they were expecting it to. So the fact that it's done well, sort of worldwide, gives me a lot of hope that we'll see. A lot more Metroid in the coming years. I would hope so. It's like it's like the journey of Nintendo franchises. 
Yeah. But the eighth one in is like the, the big mega hit. Yeah. And from the Metroidvania group, I have a few. Uh, from Joaquin Perez, to me, both Returns and Dread felt very meh. After playing games like Hollow Knight, they just felt so by the numbers. Metroid Prime Formers, where I put my hope for an amazing Metroid experience. Okay. Have you played Prime 3, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really excited for the Prime Collection to come out because I really want to try Prime 3 without motion controls. Oh, they need they need to do Same. like a like a expanded edition of that game. Well, you can play Metroid Prime 3, I think, using a mouse instead of a Wiimote if you hack it a little bit on the emulation. Oh, yeah. But it, you can do it for Metroid Prime. I was going to back when we played that, but I was too lazy to do it. But yeah, you can actually set it all up so your mouse is your Wiimote and then you can and you use a keyboard and you play like a first person shooter. I think you told me that once before. Yeah. Like the other times we were recording. I didn't do it yet. And I but for th- if I ever play Prime 3, I don't have a choice because I hate Wii. See, that's right up. See, that's sort of right up there with me in the whole like I learned earlier this year that I could I could get Virtual Boy emulator running in 3D on my 3D television. So nice. it's like one of those things, like, I got to do that. I haven't done it, but I got to do it. And I'll, another comment I'll read from this group from Mike C. Negrel. Returns was a fun remake. Just wish the mood was creepier, not so bright like like in the original game. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. All right. And then from Metroid fans, I'll read one or two. All right. From Richard Ratliff. I love it. I love the original Game Boy version, too. But this one was better in every single way, in my opinion. I agree with that. And from Sylvian Parsian, loved it. The graphics were amazing, and seeing SR388 alive like this made it all worth reliving. It's not made to trash or compare to AM2R. It is his very own. Oh, yeah, the people who talk about AM2R so much, I'm just, like, I, I get it. I'm sure it's cool. But that was also, like, a, I, think a, I think a reason people did not like this game originally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, it wasn't as good as the fan project that came out, which I don't want to knock that, but it's like, come on, <laughs> just give the 3DS a chance. <laughs> Well, that they shut down AM2R, which sucks. Absolutely. I mean, it, I have it on a computer, so it's not like it's gone. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I, I just too, and it, it is really nice. I, I mean, I once just, you put something on the internet, it isn't gone. I just think people did this game really dirty in 2017. They found every excuse they could to not play it or not give it the accolades it deserved. Again, fandom, right? Mm-hmm. I really want to play AM2R someday now, especially more after playing this game. I, I didn't play through that, but what I played of that, I really enjoyed. And it is really well done. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you're going to make a fan game, just don't talk about it <laughs> until it's... Yeah, exactly. Just put once it out. Done, you can just put it out load. Yeah. I mean, they send you a cease and desist. It doesn't matter. Once you put it out there, it, it'll be out there. Exactly. Maybe don't have Kotaku write an article about it. Not until you're finished. Yeah. Finish your game first and then let Kotaku write the article. Like Crimson Echoes, I think that was another game that got seasoned assist, but they did finish it later on. Oh, Crimson Echoes. I want to play it one day, but that's neither here nor there. And from the last group I'm going to read from, official Laser Time community, from Tom Storm. This game got me back into Metrovanias after falling off them for a while. Loved it and very glad they allowed the devs to make the next non-remake game in the series. Yes, same. I am too. I mean, I'm happy to know that this became more. And yeah. from... Andrew Gable, the walk back to the ship with the baby should not have had combat. AM2R got that part right. What happened when you actually get to the ship is eh. I agree. Oh, I like having the baby around to do stuff. That's I do too. I just so don't fun. like to really fight. That, 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 that I'll give you. I just like having the baby do something instead of just not. Yeah, no, that was cool. It's cool that it, it helps you because I went back and got so many different you know power ups a lot easier than it would have been without the baby. I could skip yeah. entire morph ball puzzles with just using the baby. Yeah. So that was nice. Right. I'm going to read two more. Uh, from Nick Perry, it's hit and miss for me. I love the background visuals. The remix of Lower Brinstar gives me chills. Didn't care so much for the uppercut move, though. 
but the drill machine boss is fantastic. <laughs> I disagree completely, but all right. <laughs> I hate that boss. Made me want to quit the game. Made me want to like, hmm, I should emulate this game. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you stuck. I really love this game, or I could just set it on fire. Well, the drill boss. The first, I I fought him multiple times. At one point, I got him to his final phase, where you have to like jump on his head and put three different little bombs, and when they connect and blow up the center spot. And I had one left, and then I died, and I was yeah. pissed. That's something I, I look had, up a guide for. I had to go through the entire like phase again, and that's what killed me because there just wasn't enough time to do it. And when I when I beat him the last time, I still had to go through a whole. I got two of them, and I had to wait and go through the whole entire phase of dodging everything to do it again. I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah, that's the thing that's, yeah, I don't have a ton of patience for that stuff either. Me either. And last one I'm going to read from Carrie Chandler, friend of the show. Uh, this is the first Metro game I 100%ed. It got a lot of hate when it came out that I really don't get. I ranked it fourth in the series after Super, Dread, and Prime, just a hair above zero. Okay. I'm, I'm glad people do like it. It does make me happy that a lot of people do enjoy this game. Some people don't, but a lot of people do. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <clears throat> if you're going to let a, a franchise lay dormant like that, and again, where they had such a troubled late 2010s, uh, you know, with with the the prime sequels and with other M. I mean, I think they made the right move. You know, yeah. it's like clearly there was still a desire for this series. It wasn't big all over the world, so it made sense for Nintendo not to take it on themselves. So yeah, why not? Why not swing for the fences? Give it to somebody else and just sort of you know. I mean, it's worked for Luigi's Mansion as well. They did the exact same thing. Now Luigi's Mansion didn't have that weird checkered history, you know, yeah. but it was a dormant series for a long time. And same thing. It's like there's clearly an appetite for it. It's not worth us doing it ourselves. And let's get a third party developer and, and see what they can do. And Nintendo found a better way to work with Team Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and never give Metroid back to Team Ninja. Uh, I, I was so excited for that game because I like Team Ninja than that I played it. Yeah. Have them co-develop Fire Emblem instead. There you go. Because they're a good developer, I think. Sure they are. They just weren't good for Metroid. Because I love the Dead or Alive games back when I used to play those. Dead or Alive 3 is great. Yeah. All right. I think we should go to Shelf Stacker Box, and I'll go first. Um, I'm going to put this on the shelf. I really like this game. I went into it not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I was actually dreading playing this <laughs> for <tried> a <laughs> I was for a while. I was actually really nervous about I had to play Sly 2, then I played this game, and I was really, really worried, especially when I didn't, when I didn't emulate it, that, like, am I even going to beat this for the show? Like, am I even going to finish this game? And the fact that I did and how... Like, just pumped up, I felt, after doing it, this game was great. Like, I put it on the shelf, definitely going to recommend it to people, and I hope it does come on Switch someday, because more people need to play this game. It definitely deserves to be just re-released. doesn't need to be a remake, just re-release it and change. Well, yeah, I mean, Switch is touchscreen too, right? Or can be? Can be. So, I mean, you could easily fix it. You could easily put a button to do that, but... You, you, could, it, also, you could also put, you know, the Aeons on, like, the Z-Triggers. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That'd be better. But yeah, it should definitely be on there. So that's what... Oh, what about you, Dominic? Oh, shelf. Absolutely. Put it on the shelf above all the others. Maybe I'm like probably <laughs> and what about you, Greg? Yeah, uh, shelf as well. Basically, for all the reasons you just said, I mean, I when I went into this, having played it before and not having strong memories of it, I was really worried that I wasn't going to enjoy it. And uh, I, I'm it's fantastic. It's so good. I'm so happy with it. I hope you get to go back and play it again. Because I think you'll. you'll oh, yeah, enjoy I'm, it if I'm you planning it. on finishing it. Now that if yeah. and again, you know, having having an excuse to bust out the 3DS because I haven't touched it since the Switch came out. So I'm a fun. 3DS evangelist. I always advise you to take out your 3DS. I miss I miss 3D games. I, I don't know how you play in the 3D. Oh, it's great. I, I can't do it. And I think I should announce what we're going to talk about 
next week. Uh, next week, I am visiting a game that I am being broken hard about. I'm playing Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for GameCube. Oh, yes. I had such fond memories, and I'm realizing my fond memories lied to me. <laughs> it's a great game. It's a great B game. It is oh. such a fantastic, funny game. I was so excited to play it, and I'm replaying it. I'm like, oh, no, this isn't fun anymore. Oh, I don't know. how. I, oh, my God. I love Dreamcast era. It's so good. <laughs> so that's what you get to hear about next week. And Greg, where can people find you at? You can find me at playeronepodcast.com every week. We're, we're pushing uh, to our 800th episode in the next few weeks. Nice. And uh, like I say, uh, you can find me on YouTube. Just look up uh, Greg Stewart or Generation 16 is my main series. And that is where I review the history of the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis one game at a time. Just moving into the year 1991 right now, actually. Pretty big year for the Genesis. It's going to be cool. And Dominic, where can people find you at? Uh, I'm in the Overblood Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at D-A-C-I-C-H-O-C-K-I. And I'm also on the Distant Way. The Distant Ways podcast. We're entering our third year coming up pretty soon. So check us out on YouTube, Distant Waves. You know, I completely forgot to say that this is our third year anniversary episode. Completely <laughs> oh, forgot I was going to say that. <laughs> Because when you're hearing this, it's been three years that this podcast has been running. Congratulations as well. That's awesome. And we just hit, at the time of this recording, we just hit 75,000 downloads too. Nice. Nice. Well, things I meant to mention at the top of the show, but that did not happen. So yeah, we, so the show's been, that's one reason I picked this game to honor our three-year anniversary. I figured we should play in our Metroid game. So yeah. <laughs> All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can go find tons of more episodes. Um, if you can't find it, you won't be able to find everything on Spotify or iTunes because they only go back. 100-something, and there's 280-some episodes of the show currently. So definitely just go use Podbean. It has everything on Podbean. You can also please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube with only audio, but we're on YouTube if you want to hear us that way. You can definitely do that. And we have a Patreon if you want to help support the show. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our Patreon poll. The current Patreon poll is what Tim Burton film we should watch, and there's four you can choose from, what you think we should cover. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury. You can follow her on TikTok. You will see a link in the show notes to everything that we have mentioned for all the plugs. And last thing to say is my buddy Bill Tucker started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. Not too long ago, he got to interview the author of 8-Bit Christmas. So definitely go check that out. Nice. That's great I was listening to that a little bit today, finally. And I think that's everything I need to say. So I want to thank you two for joining me for more Metroid. And we will thank see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.